Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, we get to speak with Jacob Levin. Now, Jacob is a former infantry soldier and a wildland firefighter. He's an amateur Muay Thai fighter, a passionate science fiction fan, and a crossword puzzle fanatic. He's been a certified CrossFit instructor for over a decade. In 2018, he participated in FitOps, a charity dedicated to helping veterans becoming fitness professionals. And now he is a certified veteran fitness operative. His motto is to strive to seek to find and not to yield. And this is taken from Tennyson's poem, Ulysses. So he runs the company, UlyssesTraining.org. And it is a cornerstone of his personal ethos. We met through Facebook and we've been chatting back and forth and I really love what Jacob is doing with his life and with helping other people achieve their greatness. I am happy to bring him on to the podcast. Jacob, thank you so much for the time and coming on to the podcast. Oh man, thank you for having me here. I'm I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Fantastic. I appreciate man. you uh you making the time for me. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Um, you know, when I find people that are doing absolutely everything they can to get ahead in business and get and just continue to do what they absolutely love to do. You know, I like to highlight them, bring them onto the show because, you know, my motto is to, you know, keep on going because when we stop is when, you know, the only reason is that you want to stop is when you can't really go forward and that's when you're dead, <laughs> you know, and because, yeah. I was just going to say that's a very interesting uh, interesting point. I, um, I tell my clients that, that if you think of failure and success as a, as a graph, as an XY axis, yeah. the only, there's only one single point on that XY axis that's actually failure. And that's yeah. when you stop moving. That's when nothing is happening. I call that, you know, the zero, zero point. Yeah. Like yeah. everything else, no matter what, you're you're still building towards success because you're still actively doing something. Exactly, exactly. You know, uh, a post I shared the other day is, is it, and it says, you know, no matter what, if you're creating content, if you're failing, if you're making mistakes, you're still a few steps of ahead. You're far along ahead from people who are not doing anything at all. You know, um, I actually saw that post and it, yeah. it really spoke to me on the day. Yeah. I, was, I was kind of having a bad day. Yeah. To be honest. Yeah. And yeah. it also reminds me of uh, Theodore Roosevelt had this great epic speech about, you know, the credit goes not to the critic, but to the man in the arena. Exactly. And it, that's always, really really um 
seemed important to me to remember that fail or succeed, you still have more courage than everyone who did nothing. That's right. That's absolutely right. And and that's what inspired me to start the podcast. You know, for the longest time, I was like, okay, I need to go back and start the podcast again. Because in 2012, myself, two of my cousins, we started a podcast and we call it Still Brewing It because we keep thinking about these ideas and keep basically, you know, talking about ideas day and night. And we're like, you know what? We are so much into technology. We're chatting. Uh, we have an ongoing group chat that's probably as long as 12 years old. Oh, and we, wow. Right. So we talk about almost everything. And, and, you know, now we all have kids and we're in different times in our, you know, places in our lives. So that podcast lasted like four episodes. We did four uh-huh. weeks. It lasted four episodes. The time difference just didn't work out. You know, I was in Colorado. They were in California. But then last year, I had just finished reading um, Crush It and Crushing It by Gary Vee. And he's like, you know, you don't overthink it. You just got to document the journey. And I had right. just finished um, my beekeeping and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to start doing it. And for some funny reasons, a friend of mine had reached out and he's like, you know, I want to start my podcast. Let's do this. How Can you help me out? So I was like, absolutely. So I started doing research and I discovered this app called Anchor where you can record your podcast right off of your phone. I was like, what? really? Yes, sir. Right on your phone. You bust out the Anchor, you know, you download the Anchor app and you can start your own podcast from I'm the looking app. that up right now. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so my first episode was recorded in my car driving home on my headset on my phone. That's my first episode. I didn't even know what the name of the podcast was going to be. I was just like, you know what? I'm going to start talking about my beekeeping. And what's better to talk about than, you know, the queen bee? So it's really awesome. So that got me started. So when you have motion, when you take action, you know, you feel really good about what you're doing. And you as a fitness expert, you know, can attest to that because when we are working out, when we're doing physical activity, you have endorphins released in your brain that says, hey, do more of this. Exactly. Right. So, yeah, man, it's it's you've got to keep moving forward. You got to keep doing something. And anything. Exactly. Anything. And I'm glad you said that. I was just about to jump in there. Yeah. I think it's important for people who are uh, listening to know that it's not about going to the gym and crushing a 500 pound bench press Mm -hmm. and a 700 pound deadlift and a 900 pound back squat. Yeah. Unless that's like your life's passion. Yeah. You know, we, people get so overwhelmed when they look at starting a fitness routine in particular or starting a podcast Mm -hmm. and they're like, God, I'm never going to be as good as Jocko Willing. Yeah. And it's like, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you get to make these small wins just by doing something. Yeah. And the more we have these small victories add up in our lives, the more apt we are, the more trained we are to take the action, to take risks. Yeah. 
because we've seen before that you know the benefits pile up oh yeah absolutely so i always tell people i don't care if you start by going and strolling on the treadmill for 30 minutes a day mm -hmm. you're still taking a huge step by giving yourself 30 minutes yeah i I'm sorry if I sidelined you there. It's no, just, you're, you're perfectly on the you're, you're perfectly right on there, man. This is this is exactly what this podcast is about: is making, you know, taking the action, making it happen, and getting results. And yes. results could be good or bad because if you have bad results, you got see. You know, when this when somebody said, you know, I want to be, I want to make the best movie out there, best documentary. Well, if you don't have a hundred bad movies or a hundred bad videos, you're not going to get right. to that point. You got to have bads to get to the good. You got to go to the, through the trenches to that successful point. So absolutely, man, right on, right on the dot. And, you know, speaking as a professional in the fitness world, I look back at where I was as a coach five years ago mm -hmm. and it's mind blowing to me how many mistakes I've made along the way. Yeah. You know, holy cow, I used to think that worked. Mm -hmm. And that's just, as you said, that's a part of the journey. And that's what gives you the data. Yeah. It gives you the bandwidth to, to improve. Exactly. Your brain cannot make that connection unless it has experience. And that's why there's tons of books. You can read a ton of books mm -hmm. and then you can go, not make those mistakes, but then you will, even after you've read all of the books in the world, you will still make mistakes because that is, that is how our human mind works. It wants to learn from this actual mistakes and come up with its own judgments because we, we're all wired a little bit differently and you, you've just got to make those mistakes to get to that next level. I heard a term recently that I really liked. It was uh, kinetic learning. Mm. And the guy was talking about, you know, some people learn better in a non-academic environment. They learn by going out and interacting with the world with their hands. Yeah. And it struck me that, like, don't we all yeah. kind of learn really well that way? I mean... I, I have a pretty strong academic background. I graduated mm -hmm. with honors with a degree in philosophy. Yeah. But the things that I've learned that most reinforced the things mm -hmm. I learned in the classroom, mm -hmm. I learned in basic training or I learned on a fire in Idaho yeah. or I learned sharpening a chainsaw. You know, I, I got out and I did things. Yeah, you, it's amazing how yeah. many mistakes you can make sharpening the teeth of a chainsaw. Yeah. I never thought about sharpening my chainsaw. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. You've it's got a, to do it's it. a task. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you know, that's, I could talk for hours about the characters you meet in the fire world, but, yeah. you know, you see this old guy who can just take a, a round file and sit down and in 10 minutes he can make a chain look like brand new wow and they've been doing it for you know 20 years mm -hmm. and then you get a rookie like me and in 10 minutes i can take a chain that was brand new and ruin it <laughs> that's that's crazy it, it definitely takes the time right you you've gotta 
you've got to learn from experience and, and build that muscle out because essentially it's all, it's all a muscle, right? That's right. Everything, everything is a muscle. You got to train your brain. You got to train your ability to handle stress. Yeah. And, you know, not to become tougher, but to become more resilient to say, okay, that didn't work. You know, and to accept that. Yeah. And I've learned, I used to think that you had to be really tough, Mm -hmm. but I've learned that it's not about, it's not about how mentally tough you are. It's about how mentally um, flexible you are Yeah. and how mentally aware you are. You know, the ability to say, wow, this is really upsetting me right Mm -hmm. now. I should, you know, I should give myself a little bit of space from this. Yeah. See, one thing I learned um, from a book I was reading is that you got to be compassionate towards yourself. And that's something we don't do. We're not compassionate to ourselves. We beat ourselves up, you know, mentally and and, and, uh, spiritually. It's, It's crazy. And, you know, that has real physiological repercussions. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a data-driven guy. Mm-hmm. I meditate every day, not because I'm, you know, a long-haired hippie, but because it works. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I have a disease called psoriatic arthritis mm-hmm. that uh, is an autoimmune disease. And one of my major triggers is stress. Well, mm-hmm. I live in New York City. You know, it's mm-hmm. one of the most stressful cities in the world just yeah. walking on the street. Yeah. So I, I had to learn coping mechanisms, real effective coping mechanisms mm-hmm. for stress. And what I noticed when I went through that journey was I was able to control myself in the midst of a workout a lot better. Yeah. And I was able to recover from my workouts a lot more effectively because I was, I was utilizing the part of my nervous system, the sympathetic nervous system, the part yeah. that it helps your body be more restorative. Yeah. And the more I focused on that, the more I focused on improving my ability to recover, the stronger I got. Yeah. And it was a complete 180 from my previous training where I was just throwing myself into a brick wall, you know, every day, just eating the snot out of myself. Yeah. It's not always I've found about mm-hmm. going hard all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you said, that that compassion is is a very important part of it. Yes. Yeah. So that yeah yeah it's been it's, that's that's really that's really where we're at, man. That's really really where we're at. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started and how you got into the business of being a trainer. I mean, uh, you know, we know we just learned that you are. Um, you know, you were in the army, uh, and, um, uh, yeah, in the army, you, you're a firefighter and, you know, you like, uh, Muay Thai. So how did you arrive to this point? Well, um, you know, just from those three points, you can probably imagine that it's been a bit of a winding road. Yeah. Uh, when I was about eight years old, I my parents enrolled me in an enrichment program after school. Mm-hmm. And it was this guy named Ray Jones was teaching Olympic weightlifting oh, wow. to, to us, to these elementary school students. 
Well, Ray Jones just happens to be one of the world's best Olympic weightlifting coaches. Wow. And I'm, that's not an exaggeration. He's mm-hmm. coaching a young man now who holds, I think, just about every youth world record that can be held. Wow. And Ray was volunteering his time mm-hmm. to teach this sport that he was just incredibly passionate about. That's and cool. I worked with him for about three years. Um, and he and I are still friends. In fact, mm-hmm. I just saw him a few weeks ago. Yeah, He's one of the most dear people in my life. But he changed my life by, by teaching me when I was a little kid. Yeah. And showing me not not just the sport of Olympic weightlifting, which is an incredible sport, but also like introducing me to the concept as I got older that you can change people's lives with these acts of kindness. Yes. You know, Ray Ray taught me that. And when I was in college, um, I discovered CrossFit and I thought it was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I loved it. And I was, you know, I weighed probably 120 pounds when I started Mm -hmm. going to this CrossFit gym and I put on 20 pounds of muscle and I was, you know, I was really feeling great about myself. Yeah. And the owner of the gym came up to me one day and he said, Hey, how would you feel about cleaning the gym five nights a week? If Mm -hmm. I give you a discount on your membership. And I said, I'd love to. And a few weeks later, he said, hey, how do you feel about helping me coach this intro class? Mm -hmm. And I said, man, I I can't believe you're asking. Like, yeah, yeah, I'd love that. Yeah. And so I went and I got my first uh, CrossFit level one in 2009, 2008. Um, And I didn't really do anything with it right away. I, I graduated college. I moved to San Antonio, Texas. I was working in a bar while I waited for my officer candidate school application to go through. Mm-hmm. And then I went right into the army. And of course, you know, the army is all about physical fitness. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I can't claim that I did too many cool things in the army because I got into a car wreck about oh. a year after I enlisted mm-hmm. and I damaged my spine uh, pretty severely. Yeah. And they, you know, Two years after that, I was finally medically discharged. Uh, But in those two years, I'd basically been working a desk, despite the fact that I was an infantry officer. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really go do infantry things. And, you know, it was was a pretty uh, tough period of my life. I wasn't able to be physical. I was in a lot of pain. Yeah. And when I left the Army, I decided, you know what? I'm going to... I'm going to fix this. Mm-hmm. And I moved to a town called Missoula, Montana. And I moved there specifically to work with a guy named Daniel Carney. Mm-hmm. And Dan owns a gym called CrossFit Missoula, but he's also a certified massage therapist. Yeah. And what got my attention was that he went to the Greek Olympics in, I think, 2004. Um, when they were held in Athens, Greece, he went as an injury rehabilitation specialist. Mm. And so here's this guy who specializes in helping people recover. And he also owns a CrossFit gym, which is what I love to do in those days. Yeah. I said, this is perfect. So I, I moved to Montana. And a couple of years later, I was 
running Spartan beasts and deadlifting 350 pounds. And I was working in Dan's gym as a trainer. Mm. He, he kind of mentored me and really, I have never worked with anyone who knew as much about the human body as Daniel Carnegie. Wow. And, you know, I stayed with him at that gym for several years. And then I decided I wanted to go back to school and started going back to school. And I decided, yeah. you know, what I really want to do is I want to, I want to try my hand at wildland firefight. Yeah. Because I was, I had kind of a chip on my shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd been medically discharged from the army those years ago. And I wanted to know, like, can I still go out and do something? Yeah. And I didn't really know how important this was to me until I did it. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, a tough season of wildland firefighting. Um, I, I was bouncing all around Idaho. I went to one large fire. I went on three two-week tours, or wow. uh, what we call fire rolls, three mm-hmm. two-week rolls, just to one fire. Yeah. And I had gotten an incredible shape. I mean, all I was doing was running and hiking every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also <laughs> uh, got diagnosed with psoriatic arthritis. Mm. And it turns out that hiking the mountains of Idaho while carrying a chainsaw and 20 and 40 pounds in your pack mm-hmm. is not the best thing for that medical condition. For that, yeah. So I had to, um, I had to kind of leave that behind, and I, I moved to New York City, mm-hmm. and I got a job working in gyms, uh, but I, I wasn't training people. Yeah, I was doing the back end. I was learning how a business runs, which is something I never knew before. Yeah, and so I founded Ulysses Training, which is an online training program. Mm-hmm. Uh, long story short, because. I needed a way to still feel like I was helping people. You know, I, I know that I help people in my day job. I know that I do, Mm -hmm. but I really needed to like, to feel like I was still connecting to my clients and training them and helping them. So this is really for me, a a labor of love. That's beautiful. You know, the, I know it's kind of a long story. <laughs> no, it's really beautiful because what I hear from it, you know, so you, you go back to, you know, what you, you and you, when you were eight years old and then you had the, you had access to one of the best trainers, you know, and, and, and weightlifting, if I don't get, get myself wrong. And, no, you're right. Right. So you had access to an amazing mentor, right? So. What, what I've been hearing, you have access to these amazing mentors for three years at a time, right? He yeah. taught you and the compassion they teach you and the ability to just go past being persevering. And then, you know, you apply that same logic and this, that same mindset in everything else that you did. And then going back and working with somebody who is in physical therapy and who is a massage therapist and whose focuses on recovery of medical injuries or right. So you work, you got to work with him and his CrossFit gym and then having access to like initially when you worked at the gym, you know, the manager being like, Hey, 
would you like to help? So you had, you had a lucky, you know, yeah, absolutely amount of luck to have access to these people who believed in you, who saw the greatness in you and, 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 you know, extract that out of you because that's something that mentors are able to do. And our first and first and foremost mentors are our, our parents, of course. And so I try to be that for my kids as much as I can. Right. And, and, but having a mentor dedicated to you, a coach dedicated to your physical fitness, to your mental fitness, to you, to your, to your spiritual fitness, it's all comes around to make you, making you a more whole person, a more whole individual that is designed to help you and help others around you. Like you said, you know, you still feel like that you want to help other people. So they are, you know, they're better physically and they're better mentally. And if your body is physically good, your your mentality is going to be automatically good because you feel good. That's my hope. That's my firm belief. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't view physical fitness as an end in and of itself. Yeah. I think that it's, it's what empowers you to do so many other things. It does. Yeah. You know, when, when you're 60 years old, you're still going to be able to go hiking with your kids mm-hmm. because I know you're going to stay fit and you're going to be healthy and you're going to feel great about that. You know, you're going to be running around with your grandkids someday. And that, that level of, of um, involvement in your own life springs from being physically fit. Absolutely. You know, these are, these are critical things. Yeah. It, and it, I'll, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it elongates your life on how long you can live. Because and it enriches it. Mm-hmm, it enriches your life, yeah. You know, I, I personally don't believe that, uh, that a life lived in misery is really, is all, is all that great. You know, yeah, I feel terrible for for people who suffer from my condition in a more severe state and they just can't do things anymore. Yeah. You know, to me, that would just be and I'm sure it is for them. It would be horrible. Mm -hmm. And to think that I can help someone, you know, even if it's just giving them the motivation to get off the couch. Like that could the ripple effects of them getting off the couch could be huge. Yes. You know, I I talk a lot about second and third order effects. We may not always see the ways in which we're influencing people's lives. Yeah. Um, a, A very good friend of mine used to talk all the time about this town in Cambodia, CM Reed. And he said, you know, I would love to go to CM Reef. I would, that would be really cool, you know. And then he went and he came back and he was, he was amazing. And this is five years ago. Yeah. Well, guess where I'm going in January? <laughs> and the reason I'm going there yeah. is because this guy talked about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And while I'm there, I'm going to be meeting with this guy who's a former Buddhist monk. He's an entrepreneur. He's written a, a book that's a bestseller in Cambodia. Nice. 
and he and I are going to link up and we're going to talk business and we're going to have a great time together. And that opportunity was given to me because this guy in my gym five years ago said he wanted to go visit CM Reef. Yeah. You know, and I spoke to him about this just yesterday. Tony and I were on the phone and he said, you know, it's so crazy to me to think that you were actually paying attention to what I said. Mm -hmm. I said, like, well, of course I was, man. Yeah. yeah. Like you, I don't think Tony realizes to this day what an influence he's been in my life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's true of a lot of us. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And, and sometimes you might be doubting yourself, but when you step out of your shell and you, you share these stories with people, they, their lives are touched, even though we don't know about it. You know, that's absolutely true. Um, I, another example, and I, I love to tell stories like this. Mm -hmm. um, I recently reconnected with a friend of mine who I grew up with and hadn't spoken to in quite some time. Yeah. And um, he, he sent me a Facebook message out of the blue one day and he said, you know, I'm, a, uh, I'm, I'm getting over cancer and I've been reading your Facebook posts about health and fitness and I just want you to know it's really, it's really powerful to me. You, it's really like pumping me up to get back out there and to get fit again. Yeah. And I'm not saying that, you know, my posts are going to change his life, mm -hmm. but I didn't know he was reading them. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't know anybody was, you know, yeah. for a long time there, I, I would post these things and I wouldn't get any comments or likes. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean people aren't watching. Yes. The key is to have that content out there because as soon as you thought it and you said it and you put it out in the universe, the waves are in motion. That's right. Right. And I, yeah, I, uh, I really firmly believe that if you put an idea out into the world, particularly now when we're so connected, yeah, it's going to touch someone else who's going to resonate with that idea. It's almost guaranteed. You know, if you have a thousand friends on Facebook, somebody's going to like that idea. And then who knows what could happen. Exactly. But the key is to be doing something. That's not right. Just not doing yeah so create content right create content or ask questions people ask questions all the time and that's that's one of the best ways to get a conversation going um yeah that's a that's a funny one for me mm -hmm. um i'm i i try to write these really in-depth posts about health and fitness and they, they get some pretty good engagement yeah but then I post, what are you listening to in the gym right now? Mm -hmm. And 35 comments later, you know, or 100 likes later, I'm, I'm like, what, what just happened? Yeah. Exactly. They just and want simplest thing ever. Yeah. And people love to talk. And yeah. they love to communicate with one another and share what's going on in their lives.
And I think there's a lot of value in simply facilitating that. Absolutely. And 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 that's what uh one of one of my one of the groups that I'm in, you know, this guy's like content is easy. You just gotta engage, you just gotta give people what they want and just share what's in your heart or you know, ask questions and and I've I'm I've been struggling, but I'm working on it and, and I've got I've got a ton of stuff to share and and um, this is one way that I'm doing it with the podcast. It's It's been helping me a lot because I get to learn about myself. I get to learn about your journey and get to learn about, you know, how we both connect and, and where our minds meet. And it's it's been it's been an amazing journey for me. And how many I'm just curious, how many recordings did you do today for the podcast? Uh, three. Three. Three interviews. Yeah. That's intense, man. I wouldn't say you're struggling. I'd say you're really getting out there. Well, yes, it's it's struggling in the in the in the sense that I'm not posting as many things or engaging as much, but I think everybody for everything there is a time and a place, I guess. Yeah, sure. And right, so from that perspective, I have an okay, you know, I have a following, but um it's been it's been great connecting with people and connecting with you know like-minded people especially because you can have 5000 friends but if you're only talking to 100 of them you know what's the right. point of of having that 5000 friends and apparently there's some kind of uh, facebook algorithm that also checks okay you've got 5000 friends but only two people like your post well maybe your post is not that good so like okay there's interesting i don't really care about that much but again right there's there's so many different things that's that's uh is happening um talking about the deep conversations and and getting there there was a there's actually a movement that i can't remember for the life of me this was about two years ago i remember reading a book and it, you know, this person was like, you know, well, let's ask questions that will get people in the mindset. Like, what would you do if tomorrow was the life, last day of your life? And people just start digging in like, whoa, where'd that go? Yeah. That's a, I might put that up. Right? It's a great question. I want to know what people would say to that. And it's like, wow, if, if tomorrow, I knew for sure that tomorrow is my last day, what am I going to do right now? It's like mind blowing. And then you realize, you know, we go through life thinking, okay, we'll do that next year. We'll do that next month. But the right. fact of the matter is we have no point of certainty on how long our life is going to be. That's no, absolutely true, man. I mean, like just just last week, last last month, October, right? Um, Halloween. This family. They were walking, in their neighborhood on the sidewalk, and you know it was it was the, the husband, wife, and their their four year old son. They're walking, and they want they're basically going to their grandparents' house. 
to get yeah. in an accident. A drunk driver hit him. The husband dies on the spot. And both her, the, the kid and the wife, they're both hospitalized. And then within, you know, within the next few hours, they were both gone as, as well. Right. So just thinking about that, right. They are just gone. They're no longer in this world. So, yeah. You know, people say, oh, why are you going to that country? You know, it's dangerous. You're going to die. Like, you don't know that. You don't know when you're going to die. It's insane. And you don't know, you know, this country can be pretty darn dangerous. Oh, yeah, exactly. A drunk driver could swipe you right off the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. Or a person looking at their cell phone. Or, I don't know, um... I remember once seeing a tire blow off a semi as I was cruising down the highway. Yeah. And seeing that thing bounce toward me, I thought, well, that's it then. Yeah. You know, life is unpredictable. It's very unpredictable. So we got to take life and we got to do everything that we can to make tomorrow a better place. Yeah. And, you know, and engage as well. To- mm-hmm. I remember one of my earliest lessons in philosophy, and I'm not sure that this really counts, was a guy telling me the person who dies with the most stories wins. That if life is a contest, yeah, that's the way to win. Absolutely. There's actually a book I was reading, and it says, Die Empty. And that goes in directly with the point that you're mentioning. Hey, buddy. Uh-huh. My daughter's here. My one-year-old daughter. She wants to put on a, her socks on. All right. So <laughs> the book is called Die Empty. And he says, you know, the richest places in the world are the graveyards where people died with their books and ideas and, and you know, thoughts in their heads without executing. So yeah. live every day. So you're completely empty of ideas by the end of the day. In martial arts, we say, leave it all in the ring. Leave it all on the mat. You know, don't hold anything back. Yeah. Fully engage with the world around you, even if it makes you look a little silly sometimes. Yeah. No, that's, that's super, super true. Man, this was, this was very deep conversation. I loved it, man. This this was really good. 45 minutes. Wow. Time flew by. Time flew by. But we do have some questions, you know, for the end. Um, Sure. Ask my guest. What is one hobby that you wish you got into? I wish I'd gotten into martial arts. Mm. Um, Yeah. I I only started Muay Thai this year and I, I can't believe I hadn't been doing it all my life. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Any type of martial arts or it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I had the opportunity to train a little bit before I came to the States in uh, Jeet Kune Do when I was like 19 years old. And I was like, all right, when I come to the U.S., I'm going to go find, you know, kickboxing. But I never got around to it. So I would love to go go back and do that. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, I actually studied Jeet Kune Do years and years ago. Yeah. Um, But I, I never really stuck with it when I was a kid. Yeah. Bruce Lee. 
Bruce Lee, man. That guy's legend. <laughs> yeah. He is the legend. <laughs> yep, he is a legend. All right, next up. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Ooh. Oh, that's a tough question. Um, right now, and I'm, I'm going to caveat this by saying it changes almost by the hour. Uh, but right now, I'm going to go with Good Morning Vietnam. I'm wow, that's big, a cool, that's a really good one. Yeah, I'm a big Robin Williams fan. I think that was the, uh, one of the best movies he ever did. Yeah. You know, when, when I heard of him passing away, I was like, I want to you know, go watch all of his old movies. And... I never really got around to, but um, I really admired that guy. He was he was something. He had a heart like nobody else. Oh my god, yeah. And um, the last show that he did was really pretty awesome too. Crazy ones. I don't know if you ever saw it. No. But that was no, a really it was a it's a two season comedy show he did with Michelle, Sarah Michelle Geller, and uh, it was comedy, but it's it's it's. It's typical, you know, yeah. um, typical Robert Williams. Williams. Yeah, he right. knew how to sink a punch into those jokes. Oh, my God. Yeah, he did. He surely did. So, we know your favorite movie. What <laughs> movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Oh. All right. Uh What movie would I choose to play a character? I mean, I think I'm gonna have to go with with Star Wars if I get to choose the character. Hell yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Star Wars. Nice. Can't wait for the list. The uh, the next one. Have you seen the Mandalorian? I've seen the first two episodes, and I'm yeah. eagerly awaiting episode three. Really good. And I was like, yeah. is that is that really him? Because I was like, I wonder when what the time period that this thing was set up as. Right, right, right. right. Like, is this in the past or is this in the future? And they're like really threw a curveball with the second episode. I was like, holy smokes. Well, it is in the future though, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know if it's in the future or if it's in the past. <laughs> I oh God. You do you? I don't want to say anything that for the audience that might be a spoiler, but you think the uh, his little sidekick is who you think it is? I think so. I, there's there's no telling, but that's that's True. my that's my guessing. <laughs> wow. Okay. That that puts a different spin on things. I'm gonna have to think about that a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> we can, we can talk about it in the green room. Yeah. Right, next next question. Who is your favorite superhero? Ooh. Um, hmm. Favorite superhero. You know, I think Daredevil. Oh, he's a real good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'm gonna go with Daredevil. You know, he nice. gets he gets dirt under his nails both in his day job. And as a superhero. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Last question. 
if you were a board game, what would it be? Board game. Hmm. Um, well, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with checkers. I feel like I'm a pretty fast-paced game with simple to understand rules. Okay. Checkers is a pretty fun game. Yeah. It's not too complicated. No. But, you know, there's some depth to it. There's a lot. Of, yeah, there's a lot of depth in it for sure. Awesome, man. I love it. I love those answers. All right. Where can my audience find you? So they can follow me on uh, Instagram at USC's training. That's U-L-Y-S-S-E-S. All right. I also have a website, www.ulyssestraining.org. And of course, I am on Facebook as Ulysses Training. Fantastic. Well, my friend, this was a fun conversation. We, we talked in a lot of depth. We learned about your journey. I'm getting here. And, and we, you know, we got to talk about, touch on a lot of cool points that can help anybody be motivated and, and move on to the next level and what they need to do to get there. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. And again, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Have a good day. You too. Congratulations. You made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hexandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website. 